another congratulations for the baby Krikor. I think this is the first Badarak he's been awake for the whole thing. They always bring him, but he always falls asleep in the middle of it. But today, Cherav. So, Abriren. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning. Um, so, I've been told before that I'm a bad derhair. I'm a bad boy. And I'll tell you why. I don't eat enough food. Okay? I don't eat enough food. Sometimes our ladies, they prepare lunch for me, or I go to their homes, and I can't finish my plate, and they said, Derhair. You know, the other Derhairs, they eat all the food that we make for them. Why, why do you say no to us? Why don't you eat all of our food, you know? They get offended. And I can't help it. It's just my appetite. I mean, Yeretskin suffers through the same condition, right, that I, that I have, that sometimes I have a hard time finishing my meals. Uh, you know, we once did an interview for NPR. They came to Elise Kazanjan's house to learn more about Armenian food and the tradition for, um, you know, within our culture, how important is food. And the reporter turned to me and said, so when you go, they put all the food out on the table. And they said, when you go visit people, do they serve you this food? The bireg, the pilaf, you know, the sarmas, almond, inchigar. Do, you, do they serve you this food? I said, yeah, you know, sometimes, often they serve me these things. And she says, how are you not 300 pounds right now? And I said, well, I don't, I don't eat all of it. But as Armenians, we feel like it's very important that we provide you know, for our people, that they should be able to enjoy their meals and not do so in small amounts, but abundantly if they so choose. I mean, to give you an example, just yesterday, some of us in the church gathered together as volunteers as part of our Serunt project, and we went up to the trailhead here at Mount Sutro to help clean the trail. And one of the people in the group was supposed to bring bagels and coffee. We were 10 people in the group, and he easily brought enough for like 20 people. Right? Because why would he only bring enough for 10 people? So much that we had to give it to all the other people around. Will you eat some? Will you eat some? Will you eat some? That's why, as Armenians, when we read about the story that we encounter today in the Gospel of Matthew, sometimes we feel like maybe we can't relate because we hear in the story that Christ's followers gather together upon the mountaintop to hear Christ's teachings. And, by the way, they had forgotten to bring food with them. Right? If they were Armenians they would have not only been able to feed themselves, they would have been calling people up from the nearby villages. You know? Uh, but these guys, apparently, they forgot to bring something to eat. And they had been listening to him uh, teach for hours, and the, the disciples came to Christ, and they said, you know, the people are hungry, and they need something to eat, and we don't have anything for them. Again, can you imagine if we hosted an event where we didn't have enough food for the people? We did it a few times, and we barely survived. So, uh, you know, in this case, this wasn't a cookie-mookie type of a thing. The disciples went up there to hear Christ teach, and they just brought whatever they had with them. And our church fathers remind us that there's actually some wisdom in this, and that's that the people were so focused on the teachings of Jesus Christ that they weren't even thinking about what their material needs were. They weren't even focused, do we have enough water? Do we have enough food in order to stay as long as we need to? They were just excited to see Jesus Christ. And so they ended up themselves on this mountain without anything to eat, and the, Christ, and the disciples said, send them home. And Christ rejected them. He said, do not send them home. We'll feed them here. And of course, according to the Gospel of John, there was a young boy who brought them five loaves of bread and two fish, and then Christ fed the masses. He 
multiplied them and gave them to disciples, and he said, feed the people with this. Now, this story is, of course, one of the most famous miracles of Christ that we encounter in the Gospels. Even the most young and perhaps uninformed Christian will know of this story of Christ feeding the multitudes. But when we look beyond the surface, we can see some very important aspects of the story which are relevant to our lives. And the first one, which I believe is most applicable to, the daily ba- to our daily lives, is this. When Christ received the loaves and he was about to hand them over to the disciples, what did he do? He looked to heaven. He looked to heaven. The, the Gospels are very clear about this. Now, we encounter all sorts of miracles in the Gospels that Christ does. He heals the sick. He restores sight to the blind. He restores heal, or hearing to the deaf. You know, he can make the paralyzed walk. He restores life to the dead. He does all of these amazing miracles. When, in all of those examples, do you see him pray beforehand? He doesn't. He just does them. He doesn't need to pray, okay? Because he's not asking for anybody else's power to do it because Christ is God. He doesn't need to pray to do these miracles. He does them. Except in this case. In this case, Christ holds the bread up and he looks to heaven. That's all the gospel says. But in this, Christ is teaching us a very important lesson. We should never Enjoy the food which we've been given without saying thanks to God. Christ serves as an important example in this regard. That you, and and St. John Chrysostom, one of our most revered church fathers, emphasizes this point. Do not put a piece of food in your mouth without saying thank you to God in your heart first. This is what Christ is teaching us in his example at that moment. And I know for some of us it's not easy to always pray in front of other people. It's not always easy to find yourself in a position where you can say a prayer out loud. But Christ, in this example, doesn't say a prayer out loud. He takes the food and he looks to heaven, meaning he's expressing his appreciation to our Father in heaven in his heart. And for all of us, this is something that we can do. We can take one second to say thank you because if we don't say thank you, then what is a gift becomes an expectation. And an opportunity for gratefulness becomes an opportunity for disappointment when our expectations are dashed. So it's so important that we take that opportunity to say thank you. The second thing in this story which is very important is that Christ gives the food to the disciples to then distribute to the people. And in this act, he's giving us a prefiguration of the church itself that he gave his teachings and his blessings to his disciples so that they too should distribute it to the people. And they did. After his resurrection and later his assumption and the coming of Pentecost, they took everything they were given by Jesus Christ and they brought it to the people and they distributed it to them. And they gave it to people and said, take what I've given you and give it to other people. And this has happened throughout the centuries until today. This model is so important. If you're sitting in this pew today, you're a disciple of Jesus Christ. And you're supposed to take what you're being given and serve it to other people. This is what Christ is reminding us today through this example. If you're being given a a crumb or if you're being given a loaf, whatever it is that you've received, be prepared to pass it on, to serve others with that. The disciples, when they received the loaves and the fish, they didn't say, but how much is going to be left for me? 
They didn't say, will I be hungry after I pass all of this out or will any be left over? They took it and they passed it out. When you receive something, be ready to distribute it to those who need it. Lastly and most importantly is the very first thing I mentioned to you about this story, about Christ's miracle. That when the disciples came to Jesus and said, the people are hungry, let's send them home, he said no. He said no. They could have gone home. There was no reason that they had to stay. They wouldn't have died on the road. They weren't starving like they hadn't eaten for weeks. They could have made it home and they could have bought food in their uh, villages or their towns or wherever they were from, or maybe they had something in store at home. But Christ said, they're not going home. They're staying here with me. I will make sure my people receive what they need in my presence. They will receive nourishment from me, whether that nourishment is in body or in spirit. I want them to be satisfied through me. This is an aspect of vision for the church that we should all be sympathetic to. We here, as members of the church, have to have the same feeling about what it is that we do. Nobody should feel as though they have to go outside of this church in order to get what they need for their soul or for their body. And we as a church have to be ready to provide that for them when they need it. This is what Christ is asking of us today in the gospel. And this too is an example for the church, just as the disciples didn't keep anything that they received for themselves in fear that they wouldn't have enough, so too the church should always be ready to pass on whatever it receives, to serve the people as Christ called us to do, through mercy and through compassion, without for a second wondering, will there be enough left for us? Because if we serve Christ with a true heart, he'll always be ready to provide for us what we need so that we may be ready to glorify him along with the Father in heaven and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.